with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Hello, Allah, and welcome to Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. Now, today, as we mark World Cancer Day, this year's theme is I Will and I Can. We're bringing in experts and survivors who can share their knowledge and insight on this complex disease. Although 9.6 million people die from cancer every year, you might be surprised to know that at least one third of common cancers are in fact preventable. Dr. Fadi Anihlawi, specialist surgical oncologist and general surgeon at Zuleika Hospital and cancer survivor Umayma Tinvala, join us next on Life Beats on Pulse 95. You're You're listening listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Live Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. With a topic as complex as cancer, there are so many questions and it can get overwhelming. You might not know where to start and how to work through the questions that you have as somebody who might be interested to learn more about cancer or as the person diagnosed with it, or the person in their support network. In some cultures, cancer is still a taboo subject, and universally, for many of us, it's tough and uncomfortable. Yet talking about cancer openly raises awareness, improves outcomes, and it can ultimately save lives. There are no hard rules on how to talk about cancer, just that there is no right way or wrong way for you and your family and friends to cope with cancer. To take us through it today, I'm so pleased to welcome to the studio Dr. Fadi Nahlawi, specialist surgical oncologist and general surgeon at Zuleika Hospital and cancer survivor Omeima Tinvala. Welcome to you both. Thank you so much uh, for joining me. Now, today on World Cancer Day, the theme, as we said, is I am and I will, which very much highlights the fact that each of us can do something about this, whether it's learning more about the disease or in raising awareness as we're doing with this particular show. Today, there are no silly questions. We're just, we're going to put it out there. Um, We are trying to get rid of the misconceptions and the myths around it, which is why we want to hear from you, Dr. Fadi, yes. as an expert, and uh, you, Omeima, as somebody who has been through it and you've experienced it. Um, so let's kind of start with what is cancer, Dr. Fadi? Good morning, first of all. Uh, I think it's a good idea to talk about the cancer, and it's not easy to talk in the morning about the cancer, but as you said, it's very important to talk because nowadays this cancer is not that a horrible disease, it's a horrible disease with some prevention, some uh, screening. If we have uh, aware about the, the disease, we can, we can be far away from that uh, the, the disease. Cancer, actually, one of the challenges of this disease, cancer is not something from outside, not a germ. It's from our body. When this, our cells start to divide with uncontrolled way, it's and to be aggressive and affect our normal, other normal organs is a cancer. You know, it is the dividing 
uh, process in our body normal when we have wound for example your body uh, the, our cells will start to grow but will stop in one level when not started to grow with uncontrolled way start to be aggressive to to to, to take the uh, maybe the affect the other bodies it's a cancer absolutely mm. this is the malignant uh, tumor so yes. this is about when the cells mutate and yeah. they just continue to grow. Exactly. Uh, genetic factors or mutation is one of the cause of this. Uh, yes, it's cause, but we have a lot of uh, risk factors for cancer in general and some specific risk factors for each one, which lead to these cells to start to do uh, like this. For example, also family history is one of the more uh, important uh, risk factors uh, to, to start uh, uh, cells to do uh, in this behavior, to work in this behavior. Mm. Talk to us about the, the, the most common cancers that we do see broken up between men and women, Dr. Afadi. Yes, in general, in women, breast cancer is the most common cancer. We, in men, while in men, we have prostate cancer. Lung cancer also common for in both male and female. Uh, uh, colon cancer and female also we have uh, gynecologic cancer like ovarian cancer, vagal or endometrial endometrial uh, cancer. Mm, mm, mm. This is globally. This is globally, what we're seeing. Globally, yes. But here uh, in the region, in the region actually same. But I can uh, tell you actually we noticed uh, that some kind of cancer is not common outside worldwide. We see uh, in, in, in high uh, incidence here, like, for example, thyroid cancer. Uh, thyroid cancer is maybe number five, number six worldwide. But here I can tell you it's maybe first uh, three ca- cancers in UAE or in Gulf. Yes, it's thyroid cancer. And uh, thyroid cancer, like breast, is one of the good prognosis cancer. Uh, so by uh, simple procedure, if we discover, we can treat it. It's definitely treatable. See, this is uh, the interesting thing, reading through the facts around cancer. As we said, 9.6 million people die from cancer every year. However, at least a third of common cancers are preventable. And now more and more, this is more than any time in in history, we are able to to cure cancer um, and treat cancer in such a way. That is the point, yeah. Every day maybe we read the... uh, about a new uh, research, about a new kind of treatment. We have a lot of development in, ca- in cancer treatment. But the most important thi- uh, thing is that now we understand that if we discover cancer in early stage, really it is curable. And uh, in some kind in the body, uh, if we discovered some kind of disease, it's preventable. For example, in colon cancer, you know colonoscopy, we can discover kind of poly, which is benign tumors or benign lesions. But these lesions were removed in early stage. Bec- uh, we can prevent colon cancer because we know now that colon cancer come from come from this uh, benign lesion. So early detection is very important for uh, cure. We reach uh, very high uh, cure rates, for example, 90 to 95%. In some cancer, 99% of it discovered in very early stages. Uh, not only things that uh, when we discover cancer in early stage, really no need to go for that uh, 
aggressive treatments and sometimes we can skip chemotherapy with very simple procedure we can cure the cancer and remove this is vital you know what you've just said is so uh, absolutely vital to the idea of cancer everybody is so afraid of it but actually it is all about early detection Uh, i I want to bring you amima into the discussion and ask you about your experience uh with it you actually had a family history but it was still difficult for you to um to to deal with it so tell us about how that came into your life that story began for you right uh first thank you for having me here uh it's really really a pleasure to be here uh on this very very important day um so yes as you mentioned i did uh i do have a very um intense family history with cancer i have a cousin who's passed away uh my mother who passed away with ovarian cancer and aunt who passed away from breast cancer uh but in spite so there there was a lot of awareness a lot of knowledge that i already had about the disease what it's about how treatment is like what are the side effects all of that but when i found the lump on uh, my own breast when i was taking a shower and i felt like a tiny lump there my first reaction was fear it was just fear in spite of all the knowledge in spite of all the awareness i knew it's i know it's curable and all of that but fear paralyzing fear to the point that i i think i just sat on it for about a month hoping that it's nothing and it'll just go away you just put it off you were I just, just like i don't want to think about it i just it. didn't want to think about it we were going mm. on holiday for christmas and stuff so i just kind of said okay you know what i'll come back and do it and then you know how you just keep making excuses uh But now today when I think back on that I realize that if someone like me who knew so much about it could feel like that people who've never been exposed to it people who don't have family members who have it or friends who've never experienced I I can't even begin to imagine uh what they must be going through when they just find that first little lump somewhere mm-hmm. you know so um which is why I feel that talking about it is something that's very very important for us to do because I think conversations help alleviate those fears for people exactly uh, but just coming back to me yes uh, 2014 I was diagnosed with uh, with breast cancer um I was very very fortunate because I caught it at stage 1 so um it I It was kind of interesting cuz you didn't find mm. out about it first the way yeah. the, the way that it happened you took the, right. you got yourself tested yes. but you didn't get the result first and no then, I didn't no. actually yeah that was uh, that, that you know um that was because there was still that hope at the back of my head i think and for everybody in, including my family that you know uh it's probably nothing you always want to think it's probably nothing uh so yeah i was um i i went to india to get the biopsy and uh, done and i came back because my daughter had school so i had to return and the reports were supposed to come a week later and my dad was there this is the so problem life gets in the way yeah, and you you're just like continue. okay we have to keep going yeah. Right. And then and then uh, he so he got the report first and uh, he called me on a Saturday afternoon I was taking a nap and uh, my sister actually called me she was traveling back from India as well and she's like she just called me and she's like don't worry everything will be fine and I'm on the way and I'll be back in Dubai and she called my friend and she called my cousin she said can you please go there and you know take and I had no I, I still had no idea what was happening. Uh, you were so like what are you talking about? Yeah I'm like what what is happening like why are you all so stressed all of a sudden and then of course I realized that she probably got the report it's probably cancer and that's why she's so worried uh but uh, i was calm i think um for me 
the focus was my family of course my my father uh, i'd lost my mother just a year and a half before that to cancer so we were still very raw from that loss as a family um and my daughter of course she was 9 years old at that time so um it was very very sort of important for me to just kind of tell myself okay you know what i have to look look at this from a practical perspective because i can't break down and um I I can't let this take over my life because I have responsibilities and I have stuff to do. So how am I going to handle it now? So that's the approach I took. Um and I think for me as I said that when my mother was going through it when my aunt and with everything that had happened in the past the knowledge and the awareness helped. So I took the same approach with my daughter uh, although she was only 9 I thought that it's better for her to know everything. and information should be correct information should come from me rather than her hearing rumors from elsewhere and you know ha- getting forwards on whatsapp and things I like you, that you yeah you absolutely took mm. the right approach we need to come back and and kind mm. of like really look at you know how you started to deal with it you know right. and and this is such a beautiful story uh, that your outlook on, on it and and i think and when we come back i want you to talk about this as well dr fadi um the patient's outlook with regards to the diagnosis can make a big difference as well there's a lot to talk about here we are talking cancer next pulse 95 live beat with sally musa only on pulse 95 we are back talking all things cancer on world cancer day today we have uh, dr fadi and Nahlawi he is uh, a specialist surgical oncologist at Zuleika Hospital and uh, also we have uh, Umaima sharing her story with cancer how she was diagnosed uh, and how she got through it and how she dealt with it and congratulations on being now cancer free thank you it was so good but um Dr Fadi uh, you know before we continue with um Umaima's story we often talk about you know prevent prevention How much can you actually do to prevent cancer? First just because b- before talking really my my and you are very brave woman. Thank you so much. Because I doctor. know I know to talk in this experience bad experience not easy to, yes. to receive to say that cancer how how hung how how hard to t- talk about this experience. and uh, for us even for doctor yani to to cancer still it is a big word yani and right. just uh, why we are talking here which we want everyone to know that uh, now no really mm-hmm. we have to break the fear we have to communicate which other let everyone knows umaima uh, uh, story about other story because communication is very important right. yeah i agree with you doctor yes uh, prevention is very very important i uh, as you ask uh, now uh, prevention that in this word also that led us to the early diagnosis early mm. diagnosis in prevention in the word that mean when we do something we prevent cancer to get but in in cancer yes you can prevent cancer if we diagnose some as i said if the, some diseases can go to cancer yes you can prevent cancer 
even with the screening with early detection if we uh, diagnose cancer as we said it's stage one mm. because we divide cancer uh, according to the uh, sp- how, how spread is still inside or spread outside the the organ or uh, d- uh, spread outside to do a distal metastasis so that means stage three or stage four the uh, we'll be lucky if we diagnose the cancer in stage one or in stage two because uh, the cure rate could be very 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 high and mm. uh, you will be finished also one of the m- most important things cancer that cancer has ability to recur to come again even after we finish treatment even we do everything uh, uh, but if we discover an early stage and we all, all the do all the treatment the recurrence rate is very very low while if we discovered in stage three even in stage four stage four that in the last stage some cancers we can treat it and we can remove but unfortunately cancer can come again after maybe months or years mm. so if we discover cancer in early stage we can avoid that aggressive treatment as i said and we can really cure uh, cure you know Mima, that you mm. c- keep follow up for five years yes. may your doctors maybe ask you every three four months you have mm-hmm. to check uh, blood tests if any uh, clinical examination just to make sure that everything okay no recurrence because Correct. after five years I, we everyone can tell you yes now you are cured mm-hmm. because we uh, all the research or that I said that if cancer not come uh, after five years very very rare to recur after that I think that the question very much comes from the idea you know that it's a preventable as we said there are preventable cancers uh, but it's really very much related to the causes isn't it dr yes. fadi in terms of okay so what causes cancer what are the kind of risk factors um, those that can be controlled and those that yes, cannot exactly. be controlled so let's talk a little each bit about ca- that actually each cancer we have specific risk factors mm. for example breast cancer ovarian cancer we have many risk factors related to hormones and to family history for colon cancer maybe diet more effect than in breast cancer but let me talk in general for example yes we have uh, uh, risk factors common for all cancers lifestyles diet Uh, fatty food, the low fiber food, uh, uh, smoking, important nowadays, obesity, obesity, one of the risk factors for cancer, not only for for digestive cancer, for colon or stomach, only for breast and other cancers. Uh, stress, very important. Yes, stress. I believe with this stress is really risk factors, not only for cancer, but for all diseases. But the stress can affect Uh, in our immuno system so it can really if we have stressful life uh, we are maybe uh, to develop cancer more than the normal others mm. this is really important Omeima, um, in, in terms of you know people think oh, okay uh, <laughs> you do certain things and then you'll be cancer free but yeah. actually mm. it doesn't it doesn't work that way does it right no it doesn't and I think here um, it comes down to terminology Uh, because when you say cause, right? I know exactly. it's it's a term that is commonly used. And of course, medically we say, but it's not really a cause. It's, as doctor said, a risk factor. And there is a difference between these two. And that's what we need to understand. Because the moment you say cause and you use that term, you automatically say, if I'm going to remove that, 
nothing's going to happen to me mm. but that's not as you said it's that's not really how it works it's a combination of a lot of things there are risk factors you can remove the risk but the, th- there are no guarantees mm. there so are some very exactly, fit healthy exactly. people very important that you <laughs> said risk factors for example in breast cancer we know that one of the risk factors old age For example, if a lady married has right. breastfeeding, all will protect in cancer. But mm. unfortunately, we saw That's a always. lot of causes young, for example, no family history. Good. One of the most common also risk factors, family history. 20% of all cancers related to family history and genetic mm. we receive from our parents. But even you don't have family history, even you are young, if you have children, yeah. uh, breastfeeding, I have... one bad story one of my patients she's healthy uh, life she's yani try to be straight everything and she discovered a lump when we do biopsy and she came as biopsy she said no doctor i don't have cancer you mm-hmm. always you say that cancer cancer risk factors one two three i don't have any wow. risk factors yeah. So when I told her, no, it's cancer, give me answer. Actually, sometimes as a doctor, we cannot give answer. Yes, so no causes. This is the answer. Sometimes no cause. We cannot give any answer why cancer happened. And this is important because sometimes you, you get this thing of, oh, well, she could have done more or he could have done more right. to prevent it, but it's And not the case. The, that's the dangerous thing, you know, because... Um, as you mentioned earlier that dealing with this is a very 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 difficult thing to do it's not you know it's not like a cold or something where you've you know it's a it's like a five day incubation period and then you're done and things like that this is something it's very very long term affects you for a very long time so the attitude and the information that you begin with makes a lot of difference of how you're going to proceed with that from friends from family the support that you receive and when you're going through something and 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 I don't know how to describe this but really when you're actually going through that the chemotherapy and the things that it does to you it's indescribable I mean I'm a writer and trust me I don't have words to describe what that feels like uh, if you haven't been through it you won't be able to understand it please and then, try and describe it to us uh, I I really I I don't know it's it's painful it's um it it erodes everything that you are physically mentally emotionally uh it changes you completely as a person so uh how you react to it is very very different i mean i've had let me give you an example like okay you know as i said motivation for me was my child to always stay positive for her so throughout my treatment i was smiling most of the time and if you see me my pictures are everywhere and you know all of that i went out with my bald head didn't care what people thought etc uh, etc et now there was another lady who was suffering from breast cancer at the same time as me someone i knew through a, a friend and and she was very bitter so she was angry and snapping at people and i co- a common friend she once said that to me she said you know what mama you're like you're so happy all the time well as you know the other lady she's like you know she's cranky and she's snapping at people and she's you know in public and things like that she gets angry so fast i mean i don't think that's right i'm like you know what you're not in her shoes or you what your job is to show support because how a person reacts to it is very very different and that understanding is so so important wow. that it's not you know you just need to support them that that's most you you can't understand it 
try to if you can but support is so very important that's yeah. the only one, thing that one kind of, of takes the you. most essential important points in treatment now the support from yeah. the family friends from doctors itself so it it's very very really difference. important yeah, yeah. And, because also all that as i said uh, showed that the mm. uh, difference between the uh, how how patients react to that chemotherapy some yeah. patients they cure some other why yeah. same drugs same yes. for example stage mm. so that yeah. this support immuno, our immune systems yeah mm. we're going to come back yeah. and talk about exactly you know what the difference is you, like you said you can have two people in the very same situation exactly. but actually the way that they deal with the it the way, support systems exactly. around them can be so different we're going to be talking treatments and uh, so much more more to come on life beat you're listening to pulse 95 Live Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. We are back uh, with Dr. Fadi and Omeima as well. It is World Cancer Day and we are demystifying the disease. It is so big. There are so many questions. Uh, but this is what it's all about. It is all about starting these conversations because these conversations save lives. Now, um, Omeima, you started touching on uh, what the chemo was like, very difficult treatment. Dr. Fadi, I want to come to mm. you bef- before we continue with Omeima. Um, talk to us about the treatments that are available right now. Has chemo changed? Are we able to get treatment that isn't so debilitating on the body? It, it can be very hard. Uh, Regarding treatment of cancer, mm. actually every day, every day we have a new treatment. Believe me, new study, new things. Even chemotherapy is one one word, but chemotherapy now we have hundreds types of chemotherapy. Some of them affect uh, side effects. Some of them. Uh, the most uh, the two points I focus in in cancer treatment. Number one. Uh, no cancer has one type or one modality of treatment. Most of cancers has multi uh, types of treatment. We have surgery, we have chemotherapy, radiation therapy, uh, hormonal therapy, known some kinds, and the new types of treatment is called targeted therapy or immunotherapy. We'll mm. talk in details. Some cancers uh, get benefit from surgery and uh, radiation, not get benefit to uh, chemo. So the others get benefit from chemo and uh, targeted, not get benefit to the other. So it depends of the type of cancer and the stage of cancer. Also stage, very important. The treatment will be different between early stage or uh, in the stage. If a patient uh, has multiple metastases, sometimes we have to go for long uh, uh, period of treatment, multiple type of treatments. Why if it's discovered in early stage, only simple procedure, simple surgery. Uh, sometimes now, uh, or even with the new technology we have, for example, in the breast, we can do with local cryotherapy, which is 2020, uh, most that have discovered cancer in early stage. This is it, the latest. The latest things, yes. Yeah. It's called cryotherapy. It's similar to the Uh, biopsy or vacuum biopsy ultrasound guided just we enter by local anesthesia small probe inside the tumor and freeze it cryotherapy for a couple of minutes and they see that it's just appear 100% and it's equal to the surgery that kills the cancer yes it's killed the cancer incredible we'll we'll come back to the other types of uh, no surgeries 
still surgery it's uh, uh, يعني the key point of the treatment mm. but nowadays now we are more conservative in surgery not like before before we were very aggressive for example in breast cancer we remove all the breast dissect all lymph node with the muscles nowadays we are more aggressive we've discovered cancer in early stage even surgery now some lumpectomy simple procedure to remove all the lymph node Number two, the chemotherapy. Even chemotherapy, you had a lot of development. But I will go back to your point. What kind of pain? Why chemotherapy really? Yeah, yeah. Us? Because you, you know what chemotherapy. Chemotherapy, it's drugs to kill the uh, cancers. But we have to know that also cancer, it is from our body. So it will kill also the benign uh, uh, cells. Yes, it will make her loss. It will affect our immune system. You know, sometimes we'll go to neutropenia. Yes, with all the new generation of chemotherapy, we are trying to avoid the side effects, to create new drugs just to affect that cancerous uh, cells. Targeted. And yes, tar- and uh, leave the normal uh, uh, cells uh, away. That in you also we have now a lot of, maybe you heard last years, a lot of uh, drugs, immuno or targeted therapy, immuno, what that mean? That mean it is not a chemical drugs to kill our cells, mm. but uh, there's something just to uh, motivate our immuno systems or uh, our antibodies to in order to uh, make them recognize this uh, uh, cells one of the things that in the mechanism cancer that our immune system will not recognize these cancers why because it's from the our cells so how can we let this immune system to them that this cells it's an enemy it's not a friend So we have, they develop a lot of mechanism to do, make this immune system to uh, target these cancers and leave the normal cells. It's called targeted therapy or immunotherapy. And so there's a lot of developments that of we're seeing course. as we progress uh, with cancer treatment. Um, but, but I want to kind of emphasize what we left off with, with you, Amima, and that the fact is that it's not just the medicinal treatments that help a patient but actually it is the support network it is it is those things that help that patient feel supported mm. and cared for and loved that actually can give amazing results as well can't it mm. it can can i think uh, a positive attitude and we talk about it i think in every other aspect of life as well uh, you know whether it's at work whether it's in our personal mm. lives uh, this is a common fact now that a positive attitude can really make a difference to your life in every aspect and it's true with cancer as well and the treatment as well uh, and uh, you know as life proceeds uh, that comes from support that comes from being loved that comes from knowing that you're cared for uh, as i said earlier that this is not something that's a short term thing a cancer treatment and the after effects it's something that's long term it's something that affects you for the rest of your life um, it's not something that you can't deal with and i must stress this here i know when we talk about chemotherapy and we talk about the pain and all of that it it you know it can inspire fear or it can sound a little daunting but let me tell you this uh yes things are different for me today um and i'm going to share some points for example i have 
blood pressure today that I didn't have before cancer. Um, my my stamina levels are lower today than they were before I had cancer. All of that, but uh, I've adjusted to what I like to call the new normal. You know, this is how my life is now. This is how I am. So that's how I live my life. So uh, it's not something that's impossible to do. And I think that's very, very important to uh, to kind of stress. And our life changes all the time, right? Mm. When we were teenagers, we have a different life. When we get married, uh, life progresses, life changes. We adapt and we adjust. It's literally the same thing that we have to do when we have cancer. So that fear needs to be taken away that, oh my God, this is going to change you. Yes, it's going to change you. It doesn't necessarily have to be negative. You don't have to take it negatively. So first, I want to make that point that, you know, uh, when we are sharing all of these things, it mm. sounds very negative, but I don't want the listeners to get to, to be fearful that, oh, you know what, this is going to happen. That's not what we're trying to do here. What we're trying to say is that, yes, things change. We are trying to face the reality that, yes, things change. And, you know, uh, your body is going to be affected. Your mind is going to be affected. All of that. But it's not necessarily a bad thing. Mm. So so let's let's embrace that uh, and let's focus on our health. Let's focus on positivity. Let's focus on the fact that we need to live. We need to live on. We need to survive. We need to fight this particular disease and uh, for as you, you said I am and I will yeah for you it changed your outlook on on life completely completely how, talk, talk to us about how it so did that I think um, well first and foremost priorities um, I was a workaholic uh, I love my job I still do uh, and I still work long hours and all of that uh, but priority is very importantly for uh, changed for me sorry for yourself for myself for myself how how i focus on myself how i want to live my life putting everything off till tomorrow um you know and uh, uh, with with my daughter especially uh spending time with her being there for her all of that changed for me very very importantly i think people as well um you know it's uh, when we work just in normal life it's uh, the way that we are we pretty judgmental about people in terms of and as I mentioned before that uh, you know if someone is rude or someone is uh, you know a snappy or something like that we are like oh my god this person is not nice or why he or she is doing this or you know I don't want to be associated with XYZ person but I find myself now that when I notice that about people I find that okay you know what maybe there's something going on there that I don't know about mm. so I might want to pull myself out of that situation you're more at that empathetic point. yeah I think I think so I mean I, I just tend to think because I know that when I went through it there were times that were, it was difficult you know and uh, I was probably behaving badly as well uh, but I had people who you know took it in their stride so I feel like I need to do the same thing support I think uh, not just for cancer patients but for any for anything in life you know you were talking about um, uh, we were talking earlier about support and, and and caring and how you know people need to kind of rally around it starts from the cause we were talking about testing and things like that uh, something as simple as just going for a test today as a working mother to find the time to go and get yourself tested that itself is a challenge exactly like we do not prioritize ourselves ever and that's not going to change let me tell you that as much as we keep telling ourselves it's not going to change very easily at least. Mm. So what we need to do, and this is my idea, is just support each other. Like as a working mum today, I would happily tell another working mum, you know what, I'm taking a day off from work today. 
I'm going to stay at home. I'm going to take care of your kids. You go and spend the day at the clinic and get your test done. Tomorrow you do the same for me. I love that you so know, much. You know, just support each other. Be there. Just be there. Be there for each other because it's so hard. Because it we're never going to do it for ourselves. Trust me, we are never going to do it for ourselves. Because we keep, you know, saying, oh, but I'm too busy. I've got this going on and right. I have to pick up, you know, yeah. this and, and go here and, and do that. This is what goes on, you know. Always. In, in yeah. a mother's mind, always. And the fear. And yeah. the fear. Again, the fear that what if... I get diagnosed, how am I going to deal with it? I'm so busy all the time. Who's going to take care of my kids? How am I going to deal with it? Yeah. But if you have friends and family who've said to you from the beginning that, listen, I'm there. It's fine. We'll manage. And to me, this was very, very important. I had a couple of friends who, when I called them and I told them when I first got diagnosed, literally just these words, we'll take care of it. You know, that made such a huge difference to my attitude. I can't even tell you. Like that, just that word, we will take care of it. That's phenomenal. You know, it's it was it's brilliant. I mean, I'm so lucky. I have the best friends in the world. Oh my and gosh. The, like the most wonderful family around me. Just beautiful. Yeah. Just beautiful. And I love as well the fact that you brought your daughter into the whole process too. <laughs> she was nine at the time. She was nine, yeah. But you kind of said to her, All right, you tell me what to do, what I'm gonna yeah, yeah. how it's all gonna run. Right. I did um <laughs> I, I as I said, I think that was very, very important because um we underestimate children a lot of times. We, we tend to uh, think that they won't be able to handle something or something will be difficult for them. Uh, it could be, um, uh, you know, uh, I think as it, it, it's parenting 101. We know nobody's perfect. We're all trying exactly. our best. Exactly. So we do, uh, you know, we do things that at that point we feel is the right thing to do. Whether yeah. it works or doesn't, we can't really predict. So for me, I um, I thought that that was the best way for me to handle it. And, and she really kind of took it in her stride. When I had my surgery and I came back, my doctor had given me this book, which he had written. My, my, my surgeon had written a book. It was a little booklet, actually, everything about breast cancer and everything. I brought it home and trust me, it's been five years now. I haven't read the book, but my daughter read it. <laughs> <laughs> she read it like the first first week itself. She finished, she went through the book and then every time I would do something, she would tell me, okay, mama, you need to do this and you need to do that. This is what you need to eat. This is what you need to do, uh, you know. Um, so she was very, very hands-on with all of that. Uh, I sat her down and I told her that, you know what, uh, you've got to give me a year and a half because that's what my doctor did with me, by the way. So he sat me down and he said to me, listen, this is going to be difficult for you. Now, he knew I was a single mom working, etc. So he said, you know what? This is what's going to happen. You need to make sure that you adjust for this mentally and emotionally. So you have a child at home. It's going to be difficult. You're going to be in a bad mood, etc., etc. You may have to control yourself sometimes. My doctor actually sort of, you know, counseled me on this. And I kind of absorbed all of that, went home and did the same with my daughter said listen you've got to give me a year and a half there may not be any birthdays there definitely won't be any travel there won't be a lot of fun activities that we normally do even after you know I might be sick I might be weak uh, you might see me in a you know bad shape a lot of times so you've got to kind of deal with that just give me a year and a half you know we'll start our life after like everything after and I'll try my best uh, and she was like completely okay with it and she knew that you know what so so I never had an issue where, you know, she ever, ever felt that she's missing out on something or mm -hmm. something's not happening. Like she's she was just absolutely amazing and wonderful through the whole thing. Amazing. So um, so that kind of, yeah, as I said, made made uh, made a lot of difference even to me. I mean, simple things like, you know, when I 
had yeah. my surgery uh, the scars just to show her etc so just there's just so much that uh, that mattered just at that bringing point. her into the process yeah. absolutely amazing I, I love hearing that we're going to come back in uh, just a moment with dr fadi and omema and uh, talk about uh, their last words for everyone in terms of cancer whether you are a patient whether you are somebody who just wants to learn more whether you're in the support system of somebody and also talking a little bit about the misconceptions lots more to come pulse 95 get in touch email us on pulse 95 at sba.net.ae live beats with sally musa only on pulse 95 Welcome back to Life Beats and uh, uh, World Cancer Day special today. We're opening up the conversations that will hopefully start more conversations that are going to be saving lives. This is uh, what's important today. And part of that is dispelling misconceptions, Dr. Fadi. So for Mm -hmm. you, uh, as an oncologist, talk to us about the biggest misconceptions that you see when we have a lot of misconceptions, especially about the cancer, mm. yeah, I mean, number one, as colleague uh, said, that cancer never cure. Cancer will kill you. <laughs> Still, yeah. we believe sometimes actually that that's I, it. It's yes, a death sentence. Yeah, yeah. I, I talked also some doctors. I said, oh, doctor, you believe that uh, you have treatment cancer? Yeah, and I joked like this. Yes, cancer is curable disease. Cancer, we can't uh, uh, finish from cancer forever. But the most important thing is that we have to diagnose early stage. This is number one. Number two, sometimes yes, uh, some people have that in the mind. Doctor, once, they, uh, for my example, my relative, my father, once I do surgery, after that it's come again. Maybe if we because leave him, yes, surgery. because of surgery. No, surgery never, never make a recurrence. And if recurrence happened, that not because of surgery. Right. Maybe, maybe because of a lot of factors, maybe late stage. I We spoke about that. If we discovered at late stage, stage three, even we did everything, even cancer disappeared from your body. But yes, we have high risk to come again. Number three, for example, biopsy to spread cancer. Or if it is, uh, we but have. You need a, a biopsy to figure out what's going definitely. on. Definitely. Biopsy, now we cannot give <laughs> any kind of treatment without biopsy. Mm. Even all investigation, even all CT, mammogram, they said that it is a, a, a can, a suspicious cancer, but your oncologist will be able to give any kind of treatment with that biopsy, without all study of biopsy. For example, you know that mm. in the biopsy, we're doing uh, receptors, hormonal receptors, to know if it's. We get benefit from the uh, hormonal therapy or no, we have her too, uh, also to know positive, negative, mm-hmm. to get benefit from kind of medicine like herceptine. So mm-hmm. biopsy is very, very important to put the treatment plan. Yes, yeah. I agree. Some kind of cancer, for example, ovarian cancer, testicular cancer, kidney cancer. Yes, we have to avoid biopsy from these organs because, yes, it's spread. But all other cancers, for example, the breast and the thyroid and all other biopsy is is very, very important. This is a problem. Sometimes people Google things and they find like, you know, one fact to do with something that is very limited. And then they apply it across the board. And you're like, well, actually, no, that's now a misconception. 
So that yeah. is really important. Um, for you, Omaima, what are some of the misconceptions and, and what do you want to leave people with? Well, uh, misconceptions, yeah, as you said, this is very, very important. And as doctor has been stressing as well, that it is different for every person. Uh, cancer is not one word, one disease. It's different kinds of cancer and, and people react to it differently. The medications you require are different. Treatment plans are different. Like as doctor said that, you know, when you assess it, for me, I was HER2 positive. So I had uh, hormonal therapy that I went through. I had uh, for five years, first two years, I had Zolodex injections, which I took in my stomach, which kind of uh, simulate menopausal symptoms. So I went through a lot of the, you know, mood swings, depression and mm. all of that. Uh, and then three years of uh, aromacin uh, is, See, it's is important what I went for through. people to hear that because mm. they think you know that sometimes you might see somebody who's going through cancer and you're mm. like well why are they snapping at me why right. are they going through all these mood yeah. swings well actually it yeah. could be the treatment that they're going Correct. through. Correct, yeah. yeah. And that's why I said earlier as well that this is not something that stops once you've finished taking an oral medicine mm. or you've had your surgery and it's over. It is something long term. It's a reality that we need to accept. And I think that's what I'd like to leave people with is the concept of acceptance. Uh the causes for us not accepting things uh, is, of course, fear and there is apprehension. There is, you know, um, if we kind of try to remove that from the equation and we just accept the reality for what it is, it's it's something that exists, it's something that has happened. It's not my fault. There's nothing that I could have done about it. But now I have to move on. Mm. I have to accept that in myself. I have to accept that with my friends. I have to accept that with my family, whatever it might be. And once you accept something, you'll find just mentally, emotionally, you'll just deal with it differently. You know, you won't, you'll stop questioning. If you sit there and you say, why me? That's when it goes wrong. Yeah. You know, yeah. it happened. Okay, it's happened. Now what? It can, happen, I, to it can anyone, happen to anyone. It can happen to anyone. At the, at the time, you know, when doctor mentioned, at the time when I was diagnosed, I, I was I was talking to friends and I was like, you know, like, I don't smoke and I don't drink and I don't do these things. Like, why did I? And this man, you know, one of uh, a work friend, he just turned to me and said, you know what, Maima, my niece in Lebanon, 16 years old, she's been diagnosed with breast cancer. And that moment for me was, right, I should not be asking myself why. Because there is no answer to that. So now what I should be doing is saying, okay, now what? I have to fight. What next? That is be yeah. proactive. Yeah. That is. Just be proactive yeah. and just keep going. Right. That's the biggest thing. Right. And for, for those of us who have not been touched by it yet, hmm. keep getting yourself checked. Extremely yeah. important. In Sharjah here, we're starting the Pink Caravan on the 27th of uh, February this month. Uh, you know, this is a free service. Yes. Get out there. We will be uh, bringing the Pink Caravan onto the show as well. Uh, they're doing phenomenal work too. Go to Zaleka Hospital. Go to wherever you can go mm. and get yourself checked out. What is the age uh, when we're just very quickly, Dr. Fadi, talking about breast cancer? Breast cancer, actually, we start screening normally in 40. Mm. Uh, clinical examination with annual mammogram. If patients have any family history, okay, we have to start all screening earlier, maybe on 30 or 35. If uh, mutated, for example, and we discover that patients have mutations, so that genetic test, maybe earlier. It's very important. So do what you can 
and just be positive. Yeah, we have to very important. I said from the, the first uh, point that early detection is the most important point, not only in the prevent on treatment also. So let us go ourselves and and check really going up. Mm. And still a lot of people I feel a lot of people. For example, ignored mass three, four years. When we asked Mama Tabu, why you didn't come? She said, I'm afraid. Why afraid? Yeah. She said, I'm afraid to hear that word that I have cancer. But Tab, come. If you come early, it's a simple procedure. Yeah. We'll finish. So we have to break this fear that come to doctor. Doctor is not a monster. <laughs> That's it. Doctor, yes, yeah. friend. Maybe I can advise you to do with simple procedures, clinical examination. Mm-hmm. I can learn you, teach you how to examine yourself. Yeah. Let us give time to ourselves. Very important point you mentioned. Let us give our time to ourselves to live healthy uh, life, uh, to check uh, also self regularly. And also it's very important that if I checked one time, that doesn't mean you should not go. You no, have you to have to regularly it. keep But doing what this. you mentioned, doctor, is the most vital point here. Start the conversations exactly. with yourself, with, the, with your with loved others. ones. You, the Maima, most you said that thing. let us support each other, but let us support ourselves. Thank you ourselves. both. Sure. Thank you both so, Thank much. You so much. So important. Make sure you listen back to this. Uh, this will be podcast. Share the podcast. Send it to people that you care about. Start the conversations right now. Lots more to come in the second hour of Life Beats right here on Pulse 95. Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 10 a.m.